Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Look at the person of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, man, this third study guide that we have is the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so our first message in this is called this. The things, these things, sorry, these things will follow those who believe. These things will follow those who believe. Let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, soften our hearts, open our ears, and help us to to be able to understand what you're speaking to us. Amen. So last week, if you were here, we talked about the gift of speaking in tongues and the benefits that come with it um, as one receives that, that, that gift and even the power of the Holy Spirit in a, in a greater way. So if you've missed, missed it, I, I pray that you would just go back or, or go listen to the podcast um, and, and, and listen to it. And if, again, like I said last week, if you have any questions about it, then call me, reach out to me. Talk to me, because I want to help navigate that through, because sometimes, you know, it can be a little intimidating or a little I'm not sure about, but man, as a pastor, my pastor's heart just wants to be able to be available to help you navigate what that looks like. So then last week, too, we, we made an announcement that we were having a prayer night at our Tiga K campus, and uh, man, I think there was over 100 people there, and um, out of that 100, I think there was 21 new people who received their gift of speaking in a a heavenly language and speaking in tongues. And then there was about 20, I believe, that that wanted it to be reignited in them. Because, you know, some people have received the gift, but they just don't use it. It's not an important thing. But see, through the process of what we're trying to teach and and, and build this relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're trying to say, if if you got it, use it. Use it often. Use it a lot. Use it thousand times, thousand times, thousand times, thousand times, thousand, right? Because it's such it needs to be such an important part of our life. And one of the things I love about the, the early church in the book of Acts was that there was, you could see evidence of signs and wonders take place. And, and, and what's really great about it, it wasn't controversial for the early church. It wasn't like, well, right, for the early church. Now let, listen, because there were those who were very religious. There were those who were like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's something that you cannot do. That's something that, no, this is not Right? But see, the early church, if I'm reading it right and correctly, they were empowered with the Spirit right away. Since you believed, have you, right? And so for them, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird. It was really, really natural to them. But for many that are religious, and, 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 and maybe even for some Christians today, signs and wonders, um, kind of like speaking in tongues, can be kind of controversial or even maybe even confusing because the enemy, I believe, has worked really hard to kind of muddy the water. 
He's worked really hard to just kind of cause confusion, cause kind of all these, these thoughts that maybe, maybe, no, I don't know. I don't, man, does God really heal today? Does God really show up today? Does God really do things like that? Well, we read about it in the book, in, in, back in Acts, and so it must have happened then, but it doesn't happen today. Well, poppycock, that's not right. I don't, where did that come from? Anyways, sorry. I don't even know what that means. Um, it just popped in my head. Sorry. But again, the enemy is at work trying to muddle it up, right? And he's even got it to the point where he's deceiving people and lying to people to the point where, you know, they think that only special people are called or have the ability of the Holy Spirit's power on their life to flow out of them with signs and wonders. Well, it must be only for pastors. It must be only for the, the prophets or, or, or whoever. Those special people. Well, man, that, that's a lie from the enemy. Because anyone who is empowered, anyone who has made Jesus the Lord of their life, then you know what? You have all the rights and all the privileges and all, to the access of the Holy Spirit's supernatural power to work through you. We just don't sometimes remember that. We just don't seem to think about that sometimes. We just kind of think, well, no, I, I'm, I'm just kind of going, walking my relationship out. It's all good. But... The Holy Spirit wants so much more to be flowing out of, of you. But see, what we got to do is just believe that it's possible. And then we've got to release our faith. We've got to release our faith. Just like you release your faith when you come to worship. Right? When you, when you come to sing and maybe you raise your arms, maybe you don't. I, I, I don't really know. You ever seen that Tim Hawkins thing where it's like carrying the TV and, you know, doing all kinds of different things? All right? Okay, whatever, whatever it is you do. But see, to come and, and to worship a God you don't see in the visible, that takes faith, doesn't it? So here you have opportunity then every day to be walking in this power of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you just got to do it like, just, like it's natural. Like it should be an ordinary, everyday thing. That when I go and I pray for people, things happen. Uh, Robert Cottle, who's on staff here at, at, at our church, but he, he works at TKK, his, um, his dog had this, um, I guess, tumor or had something on, in his body. I don't even know where it was. Okay? But he asked, would you guys pray? Because he's going to have to go into surgery. And man, he, that, that dog's like their little kid. Right? And so they're, 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 they're praying. But they asked people to begin to pray. People began to pray. They took the dog... I think it was Thursday, in to get the surgery, the doctor looked, couldn't find the tumor. Yeah, couldn't find it. But see, those are the things that, man, you're like, that, wow, that's possible? Yes, it is so, so possible for us. But see, the key for them was that they were trying to, they, they, were, they were releasing their faith. And see, we need to release our faith over some things. Because that's God's heart for you. He wants the supernatural signs and wonders to flow out of you, just like he said in Mark chapter 16. So turn your Bible to Mark chapter 16. See, and when it begins to flow out of you, these signs and wonders, then what it does, it, it, it authenticates his life in you as a believer. You hearing that? 
It authenticates God's life in you, the Holy Spirit's life in you, Jesus' life in you. To those around you, especially to the non-believer, right? Because I think the non-believer would look at that and go, what? How? Well, let me tell you, I serve a good God who loves even my dogs, right? Now that, for my dog, is hard to believe, but, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. My, my family's going to be like, oh, I can't believe he said that. You love Obi. Anyways, his name's Obi for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anyways, um, but see, God wants to do that. But see, we can't remain, listen when I say this, we can't remain neutral when it comes to this. We really can't. It's almost like, you know, God wants us to shift another gear because of the Holy, because we're talking about the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. And so if we've just been in neutral, God says, hey, you know, I want you to get into first gear at least and move forward believing and having faith that signs and wonders can actually come from you praying, from you actually being in contact with somebody. Here, this is what Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 18, and then verse 20, we skip in verse 19, but I think you'll be okay with that. It says this, and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples, his followers. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, guess what? You are a disciple. Okay? And so you have to, at least in my mind, you have to take Scripture like this and believe that he, Jesus is talking to you too. Not just back then, but it's talking to us right now in this very moment. Because Why? God's word is alive. It's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it gets right down in the side of us and it, oh, it does great things, right? But it says, and he said to them, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned, verse 17. And then he says this, guys, and these signs will follow those who what? Believe. Wait a minute. Sign me up. Right? Because I believe. He says, in my name, they will cast out demons. Right? That, man, that means you just have authority over the devil and, and darkness. Right? He says, they will speak with new tongues. Right? In prayer, praise in, in a different language. Well, that's not learned and it has benefits. We learned last week. Verse 18. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Right? That's divine protection. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's recovery of health and healing. And then in verse 20 it says, And when they went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord, the Lord working with them, so it's not in your power, I just want you to know, it's not up to, up to your power. Okay, because I've told you before, I have prayed some of the lamest prayers before, and God answered those prayers over the prayers that I thought were, ooh, holy and anointed. <laughs> like, what? No, that's, that's not how it works. It's supposed to be the holy and anointed prayer. But I, seriously, I've gone away going like, oh, gosh, God, I'm so sorry. That was such a bad... And then they come back and say, hey, guess what? God moved. And it's like, man, it's up to God, not up to, to, to me. 
right? And it says again, it said, uh, let's see, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, right? Through the accompanying. Now, he's talking about those signs that, 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 that he said would happen. So we're going to look at three truths about the signs and, and wonders right here. First one, um, a, this is a long one, man, long truth. A biblical understanding of signs and wonders safeguards my life from spiritual deception and enables me to live victoriously in the last days. So that means, you know what? Spiritual deception is a real thing. Something we all need to be aware of. Spiritual deception is a real thing. And according to the New Testament, spiritual power, both good and evil, will become increasingly more prominent in the last days. Where signs and wonders will begin to happen. But, but see, what we have to be is we've got to be a good steward and, and, and in a relationship with Jesus in such a way that we're able to discern. Is that good? Or is that evil? See, and, and, and get this, the enemy can counterfeit signs and wonders. Because that's all he does. He just counterfeits things. You know, it talks about how he's a liar. But he'll counterfeit it to demonstrate this, this supernatural power at the end of the age. And what he's trying to do is to try to deceive as many people as possible. But see, we've, we've got to understand that this is coming. Because he said, in the last days, this is coming. And in Matthew 24, here we find Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's sharing some prophetic insight about this. In response, they had asked him about the end of the age. And this is what he says in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 5. It says, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed. That just means pay attention, right? That no one deceives you. So the onus is what? On us. It's not on God. But see, how, how, how is the onus on Or how do we, we cultivate that? It's because we're spending time in the Word. We're spending time in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we are able to begin to grow deep roots with inside us so that we can be able to discern what is evil and what is God. It says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Okay? Now, deceive is the Greek word uh, planeo, and it depicts a person or a nation who was once established on solid ground and is now morally drifting or teetering on the edge of a crooked path, a dangerous path. So you could just say that this person has lost their bearings. They have drifted off track. Have you ever met someone like that before? That maybe, man, they were so solid at one point. I mean, I've met Christians that way sometimes. Or they've been so solid in their faith, so solid, and then next thing you know, man, they are living like the world in such a way that they almost, not that they've denied Christ, but I mean, they're just living flesh, flesh, flesh. 
Somewhere they've been deceived. Somewhere they allow the enemy to deceive them and twist their heart to get them off focus and off kilter. But see, as a church, we need to be people not given to them. That's why it's so important to guard ourselves, to guard what we hear, to guard what we see, so that we are able then to, 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 to look at it and say, no, I, that, that's not a direction I am going in. But see, this culture nowadays has been so, I guess you could say, duped or deceived um, into believing um, things that are not actual truth. They believe their truth. I mean, just look at social media. They believe it's truth. But when you look at it and put it up face to face to God's Word, it's not anywhere close to God's Word. And you know kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, social media, the news, all kinds of stuff. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And people are believing the lie and believing the lie and believing the lie. But see, we can't let that happen in our lives because, one, we want to grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want to grow in, in this relationship. And it's important for us just to recognize that part of that is, you know what, we need to stay in the Word. If we stay in the Word and we, we stay in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and, and continue to be on pursuit for growth, then you know what? We won't get hoodwinked into these different kind of crazy things that come up. We'll, we'll be able to stand for the truth. Then Jesus went on to say this. He says, then if anyone says to you, this is in verse 23 and 25 of Matthew 24, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ for there or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. This is in the last days, right? And, and I can't say we are in the last days, but man, if you would look at today, you could say we're somewhere close. I don't know where, but we're somewhere close. But he says, man, they, they will rise up, these false Christs, these false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. He's always, no excuse. Can't have an excuse. I've told you this. This is what's going to happen. Right? And these false Christs are not necessarily referring to individuals claiming deity, but they are individuals who will attempt to convince people that they are God's anointed messengers. They're God's anointed I've got the word for today. Right? And it's so far off of God's word. That's how you can tell. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That doesn't line up with my Bible at all. You know, that, that just doesn't... But see, that's where we've got to get God's Word in our heart, right? And then also allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us and say, green light, red light, red light, red light, red light, flag, flag, stop, stop, stop. Because He'll do that if we'll listen. I mean, it's a, it's a two-way street, man. It's like, you know, it's just kind of this, you know, um, I think I might have mentioned this before. It's, it's almost like you're dancing, Right? And you know what a dance, uh, you know, okay, so I, I used to be a big Hallmark fan, right? And Hallmark always had, you know, sometimes these dance things and these guys had to learn how to dance because the girl knew how to dance better and all that. And, and, and the guys would kind of fumble and stumble, but the girls were really good at it. Well, 
here's how this kind of works. The Holy Spirit's really good at it, and he's okay with us stumbling and fumbling. But man, it is this beautiful orchestrated dance with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit just wants to lead, right? Because you always have to have a person who leads, right? The problem is, is that both of them, like he wants to lead and then you want to lead, and right? And that just jacks it all up and gets it all messy and all kinds of stuff. But man, it's just this, I would dance, but I don't dance. Um, you can ask my wife, I'm pretty brutal. Um, so I can play drums and I have a beat, but I can't dance. Go figure. Anyways, but it's this, this beautiful moving with the Holy Spirit. It's this, this elegant dance that takes place. You know, and we go to weddings and you see the father and daughter dancing and we're like, oh, how lovely, how wonderful. That's how it should be. Right, right for the believer. We are just dancing beautifully with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is leading and he's just guiding and directing us. And we are just, hey, I'm going where, you, where, where the Holy Spirit's going. But see, we got to stay in the Word. So they'll come and they'll be like, you know, saying all these things. But see, again, their objective is to solicit followers away from the faith. Their whole objective is to get people to follow a false gospel. One that doesn't line up with the Word. And then you got kind of these false prophets, right, who, who are, are under the inspiration of evil spirits that kind of just utter falsehoods. They'll proclaim that they have this divine insight and prediction when they're, when they're not, when they don't have it, right? But it's, it's, it's this thing where they're going to try, again, to get followers to, to walk away from their faith in Christ into this false gospel. But see, the thing is, is that the enemy is really deceptive, and it, he'll make it look Right? Like really, really close. But when, when you put it up to the word test, you'll be able to see, yeah, that doesn't match. That, that, that just... Plus, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit is turning the red lights on, woo, you know, swinging it around, and you're just like, yeah, oh... Going, um, yeah, I'm going with the Holy Spirit. Lead, Holy Spirit, dance with me. And so, we just have to have to know that this 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 is something that's coming, and they will they will produce signs and wonders according to what Jesus said. But see, that's where we've got to be in tune. We've got to be doing our work daily so that we won't be deceived. God does not want us to be deceived. That's why Jesus put it in the Bible, right? So, hello, McFly, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Okay, so let me break this down real quick. Signs, okay? What, what, that, what does that mean? It means a mark or a token, that by which a person or a thing is distinguished from others and is known, and then it also, also references this, the signature and seal that was applied to a document in order to guarantee its authenticity. Okay, remember we said part of the, the signs that God wants us to be operating in, whether they are immediate or they are gradual, 
is to authenticate, I don't know if I said that right, your relationship with Jesus. That God is real. So that believers, because there are some that will be, hmm, right? But there will be non-believers too that will be like, wow, tell me about this God. Tell me, tell me about this. What, how, how did this even happen? Well, it's because of this. It's God's grace. God, God, God's favor moved in. God's healing moved in. God's, God's ability to move in. Nothing that I've done, but it was just the fact that, man, I, I know that I was supposed to reach out to God on your behalf. And then you have wonders, which are extraordinary right, occurrences that may cause the believer to marvel or to be amazed, right? We often translate it into miracles. And so when Jesus says this, he he wants these signs and wonders in our life to be very public. And he wants them to be prolific to the fact that people would be like, wow, you know, every time I call you, and you pray for me, something happens. Something, something, something's going on. What is it, right? I always chuckle because sometimes, you know, um, <laughs> I, I've had a couple of people, oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, Pastor Scott's our pray. When Pastor Scott prays, something happens. And I'm always thinking, I'm just praying. God's the one that's doing it, not me. But see, that, that's the thing where you got to put yourself in that position to say, okay, well, then, man, I thanks. I'm going to go ahead and approach it this way with you. So, let me, let me give you, when it comes to the signs and wonders, um, just really quick, I'm going to give you these, these short little bullets here that just about what, how do you judge the signs and wonders, right? So believers are not to seek signs and wonders, nor are they to automatically accept them as authentication of who God is. And let me tell you the reason why. Because Satan is capable of many dramatic signs and wonders as well. So just because a sign and wonder happens doesn't mean we should necessarily go, yeah, it was God. Now, we'll get to the point, next point that's going to help you kind of clarify that, okay? But then, but then we should understand that when it, there is a sign and wonder, we must put them up against three biblical safeguards, okay, before they can be accepted. And that is God's written word, does it line up with God's word? Does the Holy Spirit give you peace about it? Again, that's why it's so important to, to cultivate, to develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the more I know the Holy Spirit, the more I, I can operate in peace. Or I can hear the, 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 the alarms going off. Abort, abort, get out, get out, you know? But see, if I'm not developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then, you know, I, I probably ain't going to be hearing it. And then I'll be going like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, well, man, you're just not even listening. That's, a, that's, that's another soapbox I can get on. Okay? And then, so you got the Holy Spirit's peace, and then it doesn't lead to transformation to be like Jesus. Does it point to Jesus? Or does it point to the person? And then keeping the death and, and, and resurrection of Jesus central to authenticating the supernatural. If it doesn't exalt Jesus, like kind of just like kind of what I said, it's not from God. If it's not exalting Jesus, it's not 
from God. So we have to be on guard. We have to have to have to pay attention. Uh, point number two: While all signs and wonders are supernatural, not all supernatural power is spectacular. Now, we just looked at those meanings for signs and wonders, but let's, let's talk about the difference in demonstration, okay? Again, signs authentic, uh, authenticate while wonders first captivate, but then they, are, they authenticate. Um, John chapter 2, verse 11, this is the story of when Jesus turns water into wine. It says this in verse 11, this, this beginning of signs... Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Okay? Now, the verses up before that in Luke 2 is where, again, Jesus supernaturally transforms water into wine, a.k.a. a sign, right? But what I love is it just doesn't stop there because it's important for us to take note that the, authentic, uh, the authentication came by the verification by the master of the feast. When the master of the feast said, man, this is the best wine ever. I don't get it. Usually they serve the best wine first, and then when people you know, get tipsy, then, man, you, you give them the junk wine. You give them the Thunderbird or whatever that stuff was a long time ago when I was somewhere in the world, right? You give them the cheap stuff. Or the Booms Farm. Maybe that was it, right? You give him the chief stuff. But, 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 but he said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm authenticating the sign by the fact that he's stating, whoa, this is the best wine I've ever had. Now, there was nobody who saw Jesus do that other than the guys that went to get the water. And they just brought it back. And then they poured it out. Who, who knows if it looked red or if it was a white wine. Right? We just don't know. doesn't say. But somewhere along that line, Jesus did this sign, this, this miracle, and the authentication came from the master of the feast. There's also a story in Matthew 8 where Jesus um, uh, cleansed the man of leprosy, which, you know, you could say that was wonders too, but, but I love what Jesus tells them to do. He says, go and show yourself to the priests, so that the priest can, what, authenticate you've been healed. You know, do all the rituals that they had to do and all that, but man, that, that way you can get back into society because, you know, as a leper, man, you were cast out. But he had to, there was authenticating, that's not really how, but you know what I'm talking about. He authenticated it. And then sometimes there's those signs that are, are not quite as noticeable or evident right away. But they take place over time. Mark 16, 18 says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That word recover means health. They'll be in good shape. But when used in the context of the New Testament Scripture, it most often means to progressively feel yourself again by getting better and better until you are finally well and healthy. So that means when you lay hands on the sick of people and you pray for them, one, God could choose to heal them right there, right now. But do you have enough faith 
to walk and say, you know what? No, but there's, I believe that health is coming. I'm praying in faith for this person. And over time, it happens. Right? It's not by chance. I believe that as soon as you pray and you release what God's word has to say into that body, it begins to begin to change what needs to be done. Now, we could say, well, Pastor Scott, man, I've had sick ones who I've prayed for and I've released God's word and they didn't make it. And that, that's a reality. But see, I'm not God. And, and I, I don't know exactly how all that works sometimes, just to be honest with you. I wish I did. But all I know to do, he said, take my word, pray it over people, and believe that it'll come to pass. That's all I can do. Right? God's the healer. God's the ultimate healer. And so maybe, you know, I even hate to say it this way, but maybe it was it, that their, the end of their life was, that was the time. And now they're in heaven, fully healed, fully restored. There, there's one other time too, where um, in John chapter 9, where Jesus heals a man uh, who was blind from birth. Right? Now this is kind of talking more, maybe more in the, the, the aspect of wonders. Um, he was blind by birth. You know, that was it's the scripture where Jesus got um, spat in the ground, got some clay mold and put it on his eyes. That's like totally gross, right? I mean, you, you, you have to know what you're doing in order to do something like that, right? Because man, if I, I mean, even though I couldn't see and I hear, you know, like that, I'd be like, whoa, dude, wait, wait, bro, what are you doing, Right? But, 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 but here, here I, don't know if it, I don't know if it happened that way. I'm sorry. It probably didn't. But, but Jesus spits, rubs it on his eyes, right? Anoints his eyes. Then he tells him, go wash in the pool, right? Now, here, here's the inner why, why didn't it just work right there? I mean, Jesus put it on his eyes. Jesus touched him. That should be enough. But then Jesus said, no, now I want you to go and jump in the pool. So he goes and he jump, jumps in the pool, right? And guess what? He, he now can see. And everybody is amazed. It even says in Scripture, like his neighbors all, hey, wasn't that the guy that was blind? Wow, what? What's going on here? It's crazy. And then he comes to his parents and his parents are like, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. This is awesome. You were blind since you were a baby. Well, ever since you were born. But see, they were amazed. So here you got a wonder going on. People are in amazement. They're like, oh my gosh, right? And then, you know, he goes and he finds himself and he goes into the temple and, and he starts telling them about his healing, you know, and then the Pharisees, you know, they get their chonies in a pinch and they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. and they kick them out. Chonies are, uh, are underwear. Anyways, um, that's the Spanish version. Um, see, it always sounds easier when you say it instead of the English, because English you're like, oh, he said underwear. But chonies are like, yeah, it's a chonies. Oh, yeah, okay, anyways. But, they, but they, they got themselves kind of just all worked up, and what do they do? They kicked them out. But I love that the continuation of the story because Jesus goes and finds him. Jesus went looking for him. And he says, hey, I, I, well, I'm, I'm ad-libbing here. Hey, you can see now. You went in the, isn't that amazing? And then he starts talking to him, and he says, man, I, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Christ. And what did it do? It led that man 
to giving his life to Jesus. See, that, that, that wonder is a bringing it back to Jesus, the focus on Jesus. Let's get to the third point. Every believer is expected to authenticate Christ's power with supernatural signs that follow them. Again, Mark 16 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. So, so I, to me, that means something should be following me. I should expect that something's following me. You know, when you, when you take your kids somewhere um, or, or, you know, you, you just expect your kids to follow you. Not, not to just go all crazy and wild, jumping around all over the place and, and get lost. They're supposed to be following you. And here I look at that and I think, man, signs and wonders are supposed to be following me? Right? And this, 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 this follow means to, to be constantly um, at, at an individual side or in close proximity all the time, or a faithful companion who is always at one's side. So since I believe, that means that these signs and wonders are supposed to be following me. Following not just me, but you. Right? And it makes you think, that, then are they? Do I have any expectation? For a sign to happen? For a wonder to happen? We should. Because that's what Jesus told us to do. Right? He said, hey, if you go and do this, signs and wonders will follow you. I mean, I, he, he wouldn't have put it in here if he didn't want it to happen. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I, I keep reading the Bible and I'm going, man, he wouldn't put this in here if he didn't want that to happen. So, they, signs and wonders are to faithfully follow us and the gospel message that we share. And, and the message that we share vocally and the message that we live out to people. We should be living out our message before people. Because you might say, well, Pastor Scott, man, you're asking me to go beyond my comfort zone and actually speak to someone and, and do some of these things. Okay. I won't put any pressure on you, but you can at least live it out before him. Right? You can at least live it out before him because I am thoroughly convinced that people will notice the change in your life. People will notice who you are as you're serving Christ because you know why? It'll just start coming out of you as you increase this relationship with the Holy Spirit. It'll start coming out of you, this increase of God's Word in your life. It'll just start pouring out. And you're like, what did I do to deserve this? And God's all because, you know what? You're doing the work. You're, you're putting me inside. You're spending time with me. You're making room for me. You're, you're allowing me to begin to mold and shape you all kinds of ways. You know, I, it's, just, it's, I, it's just a natural thing. You don't even have to say anything. I believe people will come up to you and go, man, there's something different about you. What, what, what's different? What, what is that thing? Well, you know what? I heard my pastor once say I needed to read my Bible. And I did. And I am. 
And I'm actually spending more time with the Holy Spirit. And I'm actually trying to listen to Him more than me talk. And it's doing something in me. Yeah, but you haven't preached anything to me. No, I, I don't feel like I need to because, that you know, I, I, I don't even know really what to say even though the Holy Spirit will give me the words to say at the time. But you know what? I, I, I can tell you about it now. I can share with you now. See, we are to, to proclaim the message of the gospel. But I believe in some ways we can proclaim that with our, our, the way we live our lives to people. And so let me, let me just kind of wrap this up. To understand like these signs and wonders, right? And again, some of these signs, some of these wonders can be even progressive, right? They might not take place right away. But man, if the Holy Spirit wants to, God wants to, man, let's go. But, if, but there are times where they are progressive. The, the, the key thing is, is that one, we release our faith. We believe, right? He said, if you believe, and then we release that faith into that so that when someone comes up and asks you to pray for them, you are just not like going, oh, I hope. Oh, come on. Oh, please, Jesus, I really hope. No, we're actually, yeah. Let me give you what I got. Right? I, 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 and, I, and I know i got to wrap this up. But I, but I think about that whole, like, um, uh, was it Paul, Paul and John? No, not Paul. Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 when they were walking into the temple and the beggar was asking for, for money. And he said, you know what? Silver and gold I don't have. But in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Right? Okay. That, that's them releasing their faith. Right? And man, if, if, if the Holy Spirit puts that on your heart to say someone, then run with it. But he's not always going to say that. He just might say, pray. And believe that God's going to do a work inside of them. Okay, I can do that. But there might be instances where all of a sudden you're praying and man, all of a sudden something comes out of you because it's Holy Spirit driven. That man is, is prophetically declaring a word over their lives that will bring transformation quickly. But see, we got to be in a position to believe and then release. Believe and then release. How do we get to the position of believing? We've got to be in God's Word. We've got to spend time with the Holy Spirit. We've got to seek God's presence in our life. And then as we are building that up, then you know what? I'm just going to tell you, I guarantee there will be more opportunities for you to release. Because that's how God works. He's all, man, you were getting filled. You were getting full. Okay, I need you to... But you know what I mean? <laughs> so sorry. So, some Sundays you guys just got to bear with me, right? But, 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 but it's time to get it out. It's time to get what you have inside of you out. And he'll bring people in your life that way. And man, it's just positioning ourselves to say, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm doing whatever it is. And then we should expect that these signs shall follow us. That discernment shall, shall be there when it needs to be there at the right moment, at the right time to pray into whatever or to, to, to talk to whatever or whatever it is. Man, I, it, 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 it's, it's real. 
But we can't be spiritually deceived by something that's not. That's the heart heart of, of Jesus. He wants us to make sure that we are not spiritually deceived, but that we 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 understand and navigate these end time seasons with confidence that I got God's word in me. Plus, I still got my book. I can go back to the book, right? And check it out. I mean, you know, like when you take a test. It's always good kind of, you know, you got a book, you're studying it, you whatever, and now it's time to take the test. And then when you come back, how many, how many ever after a test, you went back to your book and thought, did I get that right or wrong? Right? I have. Usually I get it wrong, right? But, but, but we can go back to our Bible and go, oh, yeah, I kind of missed that one. Okay, help me then. Help me, Lord, to figure that out, be better at it. But man, God's so good, and he's so gracious, and he loves you so that, man, he just wants to, to, to be there every step of the way, and he'll give you grace to, to pass the test. Right? I heard a pastor say, pass the test, enter the rest. And I thought, wow, that's catchy. I like that. But it's true. When we pass the test, we'll, we'll enter the rest. Because, you know, we all got to walk through trials and, and tests that go on. Anyways, I love you. And, 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 and my heart for this message was just to get it across that we can be um, people of expectation that when we pray, signs and wonders can happen. That God can move. And it's not just because it's Pastor Scott. It's because it's every single one of you that I can point out in this congregation and those who didn't come today. God wants to do that in your life. He, he wants you to be amazed. To the point like, oh my God, I just authentic, that authenticated God in my life to Fred, the non-believer. Yes, right? So cool, but that's what he wants to do. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.